0: The personal is always political, and the political is always personal. You're tuned in to Poppin' Policies with R. Jordan Davis. Welcome to Popping Policies with R. Jordan Davis, where we break down politics for your cousins and them. I am so excited to have in the Situation Room today, Monroe, who is the founder of My Vote Matters Merchandising. We will talk about all things voting rights, Kanye West entering the race, and so much more. So keep it locked right here for the conversation. Let's get into it. So just first and foremost, tell the listeners who you are. Um, and your brand, and just give us a quick introduction,
1: man. Uh, so my name is Monroe Clayton. Uh, I'm a uh, senior at Auburn University, and my brand is uh, My Vote Matters Merchandising. So we are a clothing company that specializes in voter education and voting-themed apparel. Uh, really, the big, uh, the crux behind the um, the business is really to engage people and talk to people about the importance of voting, Right. I saw a lot of people my age uh, really doubting the importance of voting, and I wanted a way to curb that trend. And so I thought one of the best ways to do so was through fashion, right? I was going through Instagram, and I was like, oh, my ads are like clothing brands. And that's when it really came to me. I was like, I should do something. I should use my uh, passion for civic engagement as well as my uh, my creative interests uh, to create something that can make some uh, impactful change. Absolutely, absolutely. And
0: it's so amazing how social media works and the power of connectivity as it relates to social media because mm-hmm. um, we met through Instagram. And, of course, you know, I have in Policies and we talk about a variety of different things within politics and political culture, but I am a self-proclaimed voting rights advocate. Uh, you know, I'm from Alabama. I call Alabama the Voting Rights State because some of the seminal pieces of legislation um, have started right here. Uh, you know, the Selma to Montgomery March, the Shelby County Beholder decision in 2013, which struck down Section Four of uh, Section Four of the Voting Rights act of 1965 you know so so many things have happened in alabama and so i was just so excited to see uh what you were doing when you reached out to me um and i was just so behind the mission behind my vote matters merchandising and what you were really trying to push forward because there's definitely a a gap and there is a divide when it comes to voting and civic engagement especially for generation z Um, and millennials. And I just want to get your opinion. Why do you think that is? I know you've been doing this for a while and kind of talking and tabling with young people. Um, What do you think is the biggest issue uh, with folks not wanting to go
1: out to vote uh, in our age demographic? I think it's really people don't, um, they don't see the daily effects of uh, government in their lives, right? And we have more than ever we have we have distractions like we can look on Instagram all day we can I, I'm, I was literally in like a Twitter wormhole the, uh, just a couple hours ago and I don't know how I got there right we have that didn't have that but also we don't talk about how um, municipal elections and state elections are like super important and we can see how super important they are based on uh, what is happening in response to COVID-19 and racial injustice across uh, the U.S. or their, the lack of response, right? right. right. Uh, people doing uh, mask ordinances, those are governors, those are mayors, right? The uh, district attorneys, attorney generals, the people prosecuting, those are uh, state and local elections, right? So we uh, now, like, I think the um, emphasis of why it's important is, uh, is heightened, right? We're seeing it in our everyday lives. We talk about Federal elections more than we um, talk about these other these local elections that affect us more directly yes. uh, and yes. also we also realize how little like how little we really knew right or we know right because we have so much information there we're all we're able to also say I don't know about this but there is uh, for so long historically um, people we were voting but not we weren't always voting in our best interests, yeah, and now that we realize we have a stake in this, we, we want demands. We're also asking for um public officials to meet the things that we want, but that also takes us looking looking at these platforms, looking at their policy standpoint to someone I support
0: Exactly, I definitely agree, and you know, I often say that people don't really understand their power as American citizens, right? We have so much power. There is actually, in the Constitution, there is a piece of it that says, if the government is not working for the people, the people have the power to reimagine and and kind of figure out a new way of government, right? And it looks like holding our elected officials accountable, right? We, Mm -hmm. when we disengage from voting, We're allowing those who are in positions of power to do as they please, without a checks and balance, right? America was Mm -hmm. founded as a country of checks and balances. And so when people don't play their role, their civic duty role um, as citizens, then we lose a piece of that check and balance power, because we're not there to hold those who are in uh, positions of power and who who say they're going to serve our best interests we're nowhere to be found. And so that gives them the freedom and the leeway to do whatever they choose. And so I think to your point, I think a lot of people just were not aware of how impactful um, municipal and local elections are, because there was such a heavy emphasis on the presidency, on Congress people, on senators, um, that we forget about our commissioners, our city council men and women, um, and our, our mayors. And so that's a really great point. And I'm just grateful that we're both in this fight to engage uh, young people. So I am optimistic about the future and I thank you uh, for your work. So. I kinda wanna shift the conversations to talk about a little bit of of political culture. Um, So of course we've all seen, or as many of us have seen in uh, the news, Kanye West uh, has put out uh, that he is running for president. And uh, as of recently, it it seems that some political operatives, um, some Republican operatives are helping him uh, kind of uh, feel um, I guess, be put on the ballot, if you will. Um, they're helping him to, to run a successful campaign. How do you feel about that? And what do you want to say to people who are, um, who may want to take the bait of Kanye West um, running for office because they see two white men and
1: Kanye seems like the more radicalized um, pig. Man, I think that is, uh, putting Kanye in was a ploy, right? I think people are realizing in Uh, To your point, and this also goes with something you just said. We have the most power voting uh, now than we ever had, right? For so many years, up until uh, I think it was between 1860 and 1890, uh, they instituted an Australian ballot, right? So essentially, before we had uh, the ballots that we have now, it was a party-made ballot, would only give you whoever they wanted and give you their people, and that was the only—that was all that you got, right? We have, op- we have a lot, we have more, um, well, I, I will say that the parties do con- control a lot, but we have more options now, right? And using, um, I think also knowing that we have more uh, direct, uh, direct forms of uh, election now, right? And we, have, we are more aware of what things are going on. I think people are using that to that advantage. Kanye is definitely not healthy. We've seen the videos. He's, I don't think he's fully, I don't think he's fully competent right now. Um, And the fact that there there was these operatives, Republican operatives, some of which have been linked to Trump is interesting in which, you know, it's kind of, it's like, wow, you're putting this out there, this cultural icon, because it made some headlines when he was visiting Trump a couple, uh, a couple years ago, a couple months ago, right? Uh, And so I think it's really just, it's a, uh, it's another way of getting people to be like, oh, let's let's throw a little bit of media at him like let's get him distracted like let's give him this option right when when there is in in in, <laughs> in reality there's really no way Kanye could win right um but they're giving you this option because it looks good and to, to hurt the chances of Joe Biden exactly exactly and you know i feel
0: like there is such a Propagandist campaign to just deter people from voting in this election cycle it seems i don't yeah. know if it's because i'm older and I'm more aware or if it's just heightened. There is a full out campaign to suppress the vote um, okay. and it look it comes in different ways Kanye West running is a form <laughs> of voter suppression because throwing him a a candidate that does not have the mental <laughs> Stability, the mental capacity to run, throwing him in the ring and giving him, uh, putting him up as a false option, if you
1: will. That is that is voter suppression. I take it as an insult, right? Right. Well, it was. Uh, I was talking with my dad, right? Um, and we, I saw we t- we saw this news together, and I was like, and one, I took it as an insult against uh, young voters, right? Uh, and y- specifically young Black voters. And it was like any black, black person will do, almost, right? I right. feel like anybody will do, right? Let's just throw this out there, and they'll, they'll catch debate, the right? That's an insult, right? And the fact that you would, you would do such a thing, right? And also, the other measures you're going to suppress the vote, right? So many mm-hmm. states are um, talking, or even President Trump himself has said uh, that uh, has made remarks against uh, Voting by mail, specifically in Nevada, and called it outrageous. Right mm-hmm. when the um, the state government passed a bill to um, extend absentee vote by mail uh, to everyone, right, and send people proactively send people a valid, ballot, not send them registration like they do in some states, but send them an actual ballot. And then he and there was claims that it causes massive voter fraud. As a former elections administrator, I can tell you there's no proof of that. Right. There is no proof that actually voter turnout, voter turnout is the highest in five states. And these are all five states that run um, that do absentee voting by mail for all people. Right. Oregon had the highest voter turnout um, of all U.S. states. Right. So you can't say that um, you can't uh, say that you're doing this because of voter fraud. You're doing this because you don't want more people to vote. Exactly. It's not an advantageous for people in the uh, in the republican party to get more people to vote this uh in georgia they allowed people to register they sent everybody registration for absentee ballot applications right and they had the highest they had unprecedented voter turnout because of absentee voting by mail amazing they they said they're not going to do that for the general election yeah
0: yeah right
1: how can you how can you call that anything but voter suppression when Kentucky tells people a week before the election, hey, we're, um, we're shutting down almost every uh, voting poll, and you got to go to one, in the midst of COVID, you can't tell me that's about not voter suppression, right? No. And this is part of why I started this venture as working as an elections administrator in my past. I really started to notice how, how important it was, right? I was just in high school at the time. Like I, was, I, I was working in a municipal election, but it led to uh, three other elections that I worked within one uh, within the course of one year but it taught me so much and if I didn't do this I wouldn't know so much there is so much discretion that you have as a local elections administrator right these local level positions hold a lot of power you can do almost anything you want and no one will ever know because this isn't what's told in the news
0: exactly especially in the rural you know areas and uh, the smaller towns states of you know any state really in the country you know you won't get a lot of press you want to get a lot of news and most of the people just aren't genuinely interested enough to really keep tabs on what low you know low-level officials or local level officials are are doing so they're able to get away with the And because of course when you think about this notion or this ploy that people will try to spew out about voter fraud. And just the, the number of instances of voter fraud that have happened, <laughs> they're so far few in between that that's not a good, not a good enough reason or a good enough uh, excuse to uh, disenfranchise people from using uh, their most basic right um, to vote through absentee, through mail-in, and I know it came out recently that 16 of, of President Trump's top officials uh, have voted uh, using mail-in and, uh, and absentee ballots, and so, you know, they, they believe that only a certain group <laughs> has the liberty to use mail-in ballots, use absentee ballots, and that certain group Um, I feel like there's a distrust, you know, with, with other groups there, there is, we're seeing some of this rhetoric that, that happened when slavery ended and there was this, uh, battle between should African-Americans, should newly freed slaves, uh, be able to vote? And it's like, oh, they don't have the mental capacity. Oh, they don't, they're not the right type of citizen to vote. Oh, they, they they're, they're. Voice would be misguided, you know. So you're yeah. seeing a lot of that that same rhetoric when it comes to mail-in and absentee ballots. Oh, this particular group will will not use it correctly, or um, they don't have the the mental capacity to use it in a way that would be um, of great use, other than of frauding or, or trying to yeah. cheat and steal an election. So it's very interesting how when we do not remember and how when we're, we try to forget and try to band-aid the past, a lot of the things uh, come up, they resurface, you know? So yeah, to that point,
1: man, the, just the, the uh, inception of the electoral college itself was a system made so the South could get enough votes to, uh, to compete. Right. And they would use, they used the three-fifth comp- three-fifths compromise. They wanted a way to use that representation mm-hmm. for power, right? But North and the South had fairly the same, um, the same population, right? So why wouldn't you do popular vote? Because a third of those people in the South were slaves. Right. So they used the the three-fifths compromise as representation. And we see how that affected in 1876 when they when they won the uh when they won the um when it was a tie and they, and they said, you know, the South was like, you know, we'll let you have, we'll let the North have president. We'll let them have it. But you got to take the troops away from South Carolina and Tennessee. You got to restore the rights of all of our Confederate uh, soldiers. Right. Who, a lot of which were um, politicians in the South. Yep. Who are now eligible to run for office again and to vote. Right. And, and, um, that led, that led to the Jim Crow South, the Jim Crow era. Yeah. yeah. So these things, man, and we've been, and if, and you said something very interesting, we have to re, um, we got to reimagine government, man. We cannot, we cannot get in the, in the habit of just saying this is too much, right? Because yeah. that's what, that's what they want us, in many ways, that's what people want us to think, right? No. Yeah. We want us to think, oh, uh, say, um, and I will say, there is a debate. And I will say my, my ideas on this concept, even the Electoral College itself, are changing every day, right? Because I'm learning more information. But they will tell you abolishing that is, is too radical, right? They will say things like, oh, that's too, no, it's not feasible, right? No, I think that is the, that is a lot of these things that we have and a lot of these institutions we have, we've been taught for so long that they had people with integrity in them. But, but when, in reality, when you look back, Although some of these institutions work and there is some good, there are very good, uh, there are reasons behind some of these institutions and there are ways in which they work to our benefit. Right. A lot of mode, a lot of the things they were meant to do are outdated and discriminatory practices. And we really, we have to learn that. And we can't let, we can't let um, ourselves be like, Oh, this is how it's going to, this is it, what it is. And this is how it's going to be forever. Yeah. Change is imminent, man. And you, there has to be some sense of fluidity. And we need to talk about the things that work and the things that don't work within our government in order to make it more efficient, more effective, and work for the people.
0: You said something about um, the Electoral College, and I feel like a lot of people just have a bad, you know, taste about the Electoral College, and rightfully so, um, yeah. because of how things happened in 2016. Uh, most mm-hmm. recently, but um, I wanna talk about how when we overwhelm the system, how the electoral college has no um, way of of cheating, uh, if you will, quote, and I'll put that in air quotations, cheating the system, because when we overwhelm the system, it has um, such a decisive voice, um, and the voice is of those who who show up, right? And so in 2008 and 2012, um, Obama won the popular vote and the Electoral College because Black people um, and other marginalized groups came out in droves. And we we overwhelmed the system. And that's the only way it can work for us um, until we can figure out ways to reimagine, um, you know, the Electoral College or even abolish the Electoral College. And so that's why we push voting. It's not... Just solely about oh because someone died yes that that should be an added factor and that is an added factor for me but some people that's not an added uh, a factor for it. that's not why they vote um but it's not just about those who um, were beaten and bludgeoned on a bridge it's not just about um the the lack of access even though that should be a reason as well right but some people need more. Um, as, a, as a reason to vote. And I feel like overwhelming the system, the power for those who, who claim to be radicals, right? It's all about the power and reimagining government. Um, and if you really want the power, you have to overwhelm the government, push people who are representative of your ideals, um, of, your, uh, of the things that you want uh, to see in government, push those people up, support their campaigns. We have a mm-hmm. lot of Black candidates running, um, especially here in the state of Alabama, a lot of Black candidates running for Congress. They're not getting half the publicity they need. People just don't know, people aren't supporting them, people aren't funding them. Um, and so it's up to people like us to put these people on to you know, kind of help and volunteer our time because it's so important for us to have a representative of body uh, in Congress. Uh, everyone is not supposed to be monolithic uh, because when everyone is monolithic, you you get stagnation. And so um, I'm really excited. I'm really optimistic about the future of this country, especially with people um, who, have, who are in our generation. Um, Gen Zers, I, I believe, will change the world um, Man, for did. the greater good. And I'm super I excited. See it every day conversations with with people our age every day and there is just a a disengagement there's a distrust and i can't blame them um because from the outside looking in it looks very shady, you know Mm -hmm. but that's why you have to to educate yourself in a way you have to kind of read you know read things reading is so powerful but it's so it's 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 understandable why why they feel that way because from the outside looking in it just looks very fraudulent, it looks very shady, but we have to do ourselves a greater service and read so I've committed yeah. to to reading the Constitution um fully just so that I can know the power that I have as a citizen, and that's what I say, like that if you read the Constitution, you'll realize like. <laughs> This government is for the people. And so I think we need to kind of reclaim our time as citizens, reclaim Mm -hmm. our power, um, and really get to work. And so it's really great seeing young people being a part of this movement. Um, And today is the 55th anniversary of the Voter Rights Act. So So this is dope. But it's also, that brings up another point. Like, just 55 years ago, Black people could legally register to vote like 55 years, that's not a long time. And we're yeah. back fighting for the same exact thing, you know? Same
1: rights is just a, they just, uh, for, they make uh, voter suppression look a little different each time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I say it all the time. I'm like, Jim Crow's offspring is alive yeah. and well. <laughs> mm-hmm. James Crow, mm-hmm. Esquire, Jane, uh, Janice Crow, i mean they're all out here and we have yeah. to we have to figure out new ways of strategizing we have to figure out new ways um to be sacrificial in our approach because when they when our forefathers and foremother foremothers got together they um, marched the streets but they just weren't marching in the streets they were meeting with political leaders there was mm-hmm. this almost you know commitment to being on the front lines but they knew that they couldn't just be on the front lines they had to also be working behind the scenes as well and so i really want to employ uh, young people to to work behind the scenes as well, lobby for the things that you're fighting for on the streets, because that is how real change happened. The Voting Rights Act of 1965 happened, yes, as a result of Bloody Sunday, but also because uh, John Lewis and Hosea uh, Williams and uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and uh, others uh, during that era we're meeting with elected officials. We're yeah. not have a problem pulling up on
1: the state capitol or the exactly. state house, you know? So and we gotta be the same way. And we have to do the same uh, especially way. Especially during this pandemic. You think about how they were meeting like and I'm I am I'm happy to see and I need we need to continue this um this activism, this meeting the uh organizing man, it is big. And when you think about it, and a lot of people because of we because we are in a pandemic and because the uh com- because Congress failed to reinstate uh those um those benefits, a lot of people are getting evicted. How are you gonna vote by mail if you're evicted? Yep. Right? This takes organizing. This means right we, we gotta think about it. Like we have to be on it, man. Like everything we have to respond to it, right? And we ha- we have to take those lessons from our forefathers and put them to work. And we just gotta be, we have to be and since we have different things at our disposal. We have the internet, we, ha- we have social media. We just gotta elevate our game.
0: So um, John Lewis you know, recently passed. He was such a huge icon for voting rights and he committed his life's work to not just voting rights, but human rights. Um, how do you, how did you feel about the loss? How did you take it? What, did, what are some of the lessons Congressman Lewis left you with as you wow. continue to, to push forward? With uh, with this engagement
1: with voting rights, yeah, I remember seeing that waking up in the middle of the night and seeing my phone had uh, said ten minutes ago, uh, and I got an update that John Lewis had just passed. It hit me a little bit because I had a I had a former teacher who I had just emailed about my vote matters and what I was doing right. He was uh, cr- he was crucial in the civil rights movement, Dr. Uh, Bernard Lafayette. He was also John Lewis's roommate, his freshman year. Wow. And so that really, I was like, "Oh, wow. Um, and it really I saw that it, it hurt, man, and I was thinking, but I'm also, this is next man up." Like, and this is one of those moments we've lost a leader that fought for so fought for so much, but now it's our job to continue the fight, right? The fight doesn't happen just because the movement doesn't stop just because one one person left, man. Now it's the next man up. All right. He left, but he left because there are new emerging leaders. There are people that are going to fight for the fight for these same rights that are going to be just as diligent in knowing all that is happening and uh, advocating uh, for voting rights and against voter suppression. There are people that are going to take up the mantle, man. And I was, I sat there as a, and I was like, I just, I, I felt, I felt it in my soul. I was like, this was, this was his time, but we aren't done yet. And I just felt new vigor. Like I just, man, I, man, I start my veins started posting. I was like, all right, it's time. We got to level up. It made me be like, all right, what am I doing for it? I'm like, immediately I was like, all right, what can I do? Well, I'm strategizing. What can MBM do? Like, what are we going to? And I, I think right around that time, I really started expanding. Um, for so long, I was trying to do this by myself, but to do all that I envisioned doing, I had to bring more people on. So I was like, now we're getting to the point where we're trying to really push the voter, we're really push the voter education and also activism part. What are we doing in our community? What can we do? Can we hold virtual town halls? Can we go out and mask and register people to vote? Like whatever we need to do, we're going to do it. Yeah, because we're less than a hundred days out.
0: This is the election yeah. of our lifetime. Like, this, so much is on the line. And we really don't have the privilege to say, oh, I'm sending this one out. <laughs> like, we just yeah. don't. As, as Black Americans, we don't get that privilege to say, You oh,
1: never I'm have that out. right.
0: <laughs> because so much is on the table. Like, we are literally, so I interned for Congresswoman Sue, and she would say all the time.
1: Whoa, yo, that's
0: dope, that's dope. I just, I met her a couple weeks ago, but not. But she would always tell us, uh, tell the interns she would always say if you're not at the table you are on the menu the ballot box Mm -hmm. the ballot box is where we eat (laughs) yeah there are so many things at the ballot box that concern black lives and if we're not at the table we're getting eaten they're feasting on us so I I just think about so many people that I've had the honor of crossing paths with who have just laid such wisdom. And I I know everyone doesn't have those experiences and those opportunities. And so I try to be as open and transparent with the wisdom that I've gotten uh, to Mm -hmm. others because we got to get this thing, man. Yeah. Um, We just have to for our our children and our children's children. If we we really want to reach a point where we can really just see something different. Like, Luther yeah. King Jr. was so ahead of his time. And I know people, like, whitewash the I Have a Dream speech. But when you oh, think about... It makes me so angry. <laughs> when you think about what he was talking about in that speech, man, we still haven't realized what he was talking about in that speech in 2020, right? That was 1963. We haven't realized we're still dreaming. So if we really want to reach the dream that Martin Luther King had and the dream that we're dreaming, we got to, we got to go out and work. We got to go
1: out and work for it and just sitting home. That's not it. It's not it. And and it's, it really is a like selfless task, right? Like you have to, you're doing what you're, and this goes back to what you were saying about uh, um, making sure you vote. And if, even if you don't like, Necessarily, the candidates, and that's what I hear. I'm like, I don't like this person. I don't like this. our parents voted like, and our grandparents, and some people don't. Some people don't like this argument, but they voted in hopes, in faith, they would vote that they would get to vote for somebody that may have uh, supported their ideals, even if they didn't. Now, right? You have to have that faith, man. You have to. So, so things are not as you want them at the time, right? You have to take, you can take what you have right then, and build off of it, right? And that's what, and that's what, I think because we, we live in this world of instant gratification, we want it right there. Like, I understand, like, for so long I didn't understand, uh, you, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like, what do you mean, bro, like, it's my cake. Like, what you mean I can't eat it? But like, <laughs> like it, right now, I'm understanding that. My dad used to tell me every day, I used to be dad, that's not fair, life's not fair. He still tells me that to this day, and I thank him now, because he, what he was telling me is, although things are not fair, although things are, are not as you want them now, you have the power to change that. But you have to, you have to keep working. It, you don't have the, you may not have the power to change it right now, but keep working and you will. If you, as long as you can imagine and see what it, it, what it can be in the future, knowing that you might not even be able to see it, you can make an impact.
0: Thank you, Monroe, for stopping by popping Policies. The conversation was so necessary. Proud to call you my brother and even more proud to call you my friend in this fight and in this work. I pray and hope that My Vote Matters continues to thrive and flourish. You have my ultimate support, and I'm just grateful that you were able to be a part of this episode. If you enjoyed the episode, please... Share, leave a rating, comment, subscribe So that we can get the word out about Poppy policies, but also get the word Out about how important it is To vote in this November election So much rides on this general election From federal judgeships to the Supreme Court to cabinet positions And so it's just It's not just about president Or vice president, but It's about the totality of our government And we must be a part of this process we have to be a part of this process and so you can also follow the podcast on instagram at poppin policies podcast for updates as well as our newly launched website PoppyPolicies.com, where you'll be able to find think pieces about political culture and policies as well as voting resources whether it be organizations or links to your state's secretary of state website for voting information voting education and other voting resources and so we're super proud about that as always remember to do good seek justice defend the oppressed see you next time on popping policies with our jordan davis